listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Well, hello and uh, welcome to uh, episode one of the My Pet Podcast. Uh, this is our uh, first go at putting together some of our information for all of our um, fantastic customers and other listeners um, around Australia and around the world. Hopefully you'll find uh, material of interest to you as we continue to roll out uh, this series. Um, to introduce myself, I am Belinda and I am the uh, owner and managing director of Vet and Pet Direct and have been, or I was, uh, the person who kicked it all off back in 2005 uh, and assembled a fantastic group of people around me who have since uh, continued to run the show and um, turned it into the fantastic uh, online pet supply store that it is today. I've decided to uh, come out from behind the scenes for a little while and kick off this podcast because I think we've just got you know, such uh, good material available, such great people in our team that um, we just want to share the things that we know with you and make it a little bit easier perhaps uh, to uh, have your pet uh, owning sort of lifestyle, etc., and help you maintain that. So sitting here with me today, so it's not just me going to be talking, uh, with me today I have Dr. Glenn uh, and I also have Beck. If you guys would like to say hi. hi. Hello. Hello, hi. everyone out there. Yeah, so to introduce these people to you now. So Glenn is my long-suffering husband. So <laughs> thus, by default, he has also been instrumental in the development of Vet and Pet Direct over the years. Uh, Glenn has been a veterinarian now for 23 years, and he continues to practice in private practice uh, in a clinic uh, on the southern outskirts of Brisbane. Um, he has been a mixed practice veterinarian, so that includes uh, working with horses, farm animals, all that sort of stuff, and his current practice that he has had for the last 13 years... 12 years, yes. Yeah, 12 years is a uh, solely small animal practice, so dogs and cats and other little pets. Um, and so, yeah, as I, as I said, he is still in private practice. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be our resident expert veterinarian, and as he certainly is always behind the scenes for us at Vet and Pet Direct. Yep. Uh, and Beck, sitting here in the other chair. So vets, uh, Beck, tongue-tied already. <laughs> Beck is an experienced vet nurse. She's been with Vet and Pet Direct almost since we started as well. I mean, interestingly, uh, Dr. Glenn and Beck worked together in a mixed practice locally about 14 years ago. So It's a long time. It's a long time, a long time, a long time ago. Time it's telling your age. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so we go way back there. Um, and so Beck is actually responsible for the majority of our blog and help center content and my pet magazine articles. So any of you that are fami familiar with sort of the other aspect of, of Vet and Pet Direct would, uh, would know that we have a blog that's been going for several years, yep. lots of interesting content and uh, articles about pet ownership and other quirky aspects of animal life on there. Um, and our help centre, which is, is there and operates, you know, 24-7. If you've got a question about animal care, pet care, whatever, you know, that we, we've been asked all sorts of things. All sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. Chances are Beck has got an answer typed in there for you. So... Uh, and also more in the more recent years, we've started producing My Pet magazine, which is obviously how the name My Pet Podcast has come about yep. as well, sort of going to partner up with the magazine. Yep. So, yes, but, so we have a lot of knowledge sitting here in the room with us today. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. <laughs> that's a nice compliment. <laughs> yeah. All righty. So to, th to kick things off, you know, let's pick one of the biggest topics on earth when it comes to pet ownership, particularly for dogs and cats, and that's this idea of fleas. You know, fleas themselves are responsible probably for most of the profits in the uh, the pet health care sort of world. You know, mm -hmm. like 
fleas make the world go round almost. <laughs> so they are a very important topic. You know, most people as a pet owner has had some kind of dilemma happen with fleas in their lifetime. Of, you know, frustration generally on how to get control of the little buggers. Um, so we're going to start there. And I guess you can get a bit like me, like we start to zone out with some of this stuff, you know, like fleas, yeah, whatever, we know all there is about them, don't we? They're just little black things and they make us itchy. But let's go back a little bit and perhaps, Dr. Glenn, you might like to um, just give us a rundown, like what's the deal with fleas anyway? Like why should we care? Look, fleas, they're they're always a big problem in, in Australia anywhere you've got not frozen tundra conditions that fleas can um, breed and, and go very well on, on your pets and that's both cats and dogs and if they um, expose themselves to you, you will get bitten. If you live in the house and um, have got a little pet that lives on the bed, if it's got fleas, you're going to have fleas as well and it's surprising how many dogs I see that come into the clinic and they have got fleas all over them and they live on the bed and owners may or may not know about mm-hmm. that and it's not it's a very nice no, thought. Not a very <laughs> nice thought, basically. It's like, oh, here's my little white dog and there's lots of fleas everywhere. And okay, we live in the house and yeah, it's just not a very nice thing to think about. So, fleas, look, they've always been there. We've had lots of products over the years and nothing has stopped them from breeding and everyone has still got fleas as a problem potentially. And if they've uh, if you've got a cat or if you've got a dog, you're potentially going to have flea troubles. There's been lots of changes over the last 20 years with the sort of products that you can use. Um, there's quite easy ways to control things these days with long-acting medications, but the main thing is that um, fleas, they're a big problem, just not just because of biting, and it's bloody itchy if you get bitten by fleas, and if you're a dog or a cat getting bitten by fleas, you're going to be uncomfortable, but it's also you know specific disease conditions like flea allergy dermatitis in both cats and dogs, which is you know a horrible condition where it's not just a bit itchy, you're chewing yourself to pieces and, and not having much fun. Um, and there's also other like parasitic diseases like um, tapeworms and also uh, little blood-borne parasites in, in cats that can that can kill them. It's, yeah. um, it's a big problem. So there's a couple of things there, basically. So, yeah, other than being annoying and biting us, you know, that's very real. The disease issue, you know, the, the parasitic stuff, you know, that's a real thing. Um, but that flea allergy dermatitis, I mean, it's pretty common for people to go, oh, my dog keeps chewing on himself here and he's licked this big ball patch and stuff like that. I mean, okay, there's things that that could be, but would it be fair to say that flea allergy dermatitis would be one of the first places you'd be sort of questioning and checking out? Oh, absolutely. Look, if, if a dog's not on effective long-term flea control and they're itchy, all other things need to be basically considered, but it's probably going to be flea allergy dermatitis, particularly that um, in dogs like that tail-based dermatitis. So you see the poor little buggers running around with, with bald tails and they, they chew the base of their tail and they're very sensitive there and the, the skin's all thickened and sometimes red and bleeding. Well, that's usually flea allergy dermatitis. So they're having a specific allergic reaction to the fleas and they can get bitten on the head and they end up getting allergies at the base of the tail and, and cats the classic over grooming on their belly um, and sometimes like crustiness around their head and face um, from from flea allergy dermatitis and it's not just that they're getting bitten their body's having a, a full systemic reaction to that allergy and it's 10 times worse than the other cat in the household that's got the same amount of fleas and they just scratch a bit and they're uncomfortable but they're not tearing themselves to pieces it's important to remember that only one flea can cause them to start. It's just an allergic reaction to the saliva and the bite of the flea. So Absolutely. just one flea can cause yeah. that reaction to set off and it's hard to get it under control. And that's where I guess where you have the situation where, well, my dog doesn't have, he doesn't have fleas. Yep, that's right. Just because yeah. they haven't seen them because yeah. there might only be one or two, yeah. but it's enough to set it off. Yeah, and it's realistically it's only one or two fleas a month is enough to keep an, an allergic dog or cat 
tearing themselves to pieces. Yep. And that doesn't mean that you haven't got some flea control happening, but you just need, you know, as close to 100% effective flea control as you can get. Yeah, and it's that effective, really, isn't it? Now, That's some of the new products really can go from a dog who's chronically licking or cat chronically licking and scratching like all day long to suddenly it's resolved like, is uh, it that fast absolutely yeah i mean look 20 years ago we had difficulty treating flea allergy dermatitis cases because you just couldn't stop the flea exposure on those pets enough to stop them from itching but once you get them under control and their skin back under control if you stop them being exposed to fleas which you can do reasonably easily these days um yeah that cattle dog should have a, a you know itch free life basically because you're stopping the cause of the problem not just trying to treat the symptoms yeah the biggest thing with that is your compliance on whatever product you decide to use you need to use it exactly as directed and if that's once a month you need to give it every every month don't yeah. miss it and if it's a three monthly product you need to give it three monthly it's very very important just lapsing that little bit can end up with big problems yeah and people get trapped in the the flea season thing like thinking yep. that summer's just the flea season and then they it's disappear miraculously for six months of the year and it's just like it's australia like there's it's no year-round. there's no snow covering the ground yep. it's you know there's fleas all year round they get more effective and, and faster to reproduce in summer but there's fleas still all year round and if you've got them in the house they'll just find the warm cozy places yep. in your carpet <laughs> absolutely <and laughs> isn't that a delightful thought yep <laughs> And, and so this flea allergy dermatitis, how common is it? Like, you know, percentage-wise in dogs and cats in Australia? Look, I think it probably runs at 5% of the, the dog yeah. population is probably flea allergic. So that means that if they're not on flea control and they get fleas, because that's, I mean, fleas don't just jump out of the ground spontaneously. I mean, fleas have got to come from a cat that's got fleas or a dog that's got fleas and then breed and then they're established in the environment. So um, this whole thing about ground fleas isn't um, a thing. Fleas breed in the environment and fleas live on the dog or cat sometimes but most of the fleas are in the actual environment and obviously the problem fleas are the ones that, that's biting the animal but yeah. Um, yeah, they don't spontaneously erupt from somewhere it's, it's a lack of flea control and contact with a cat or dog um, in your yard or at the dog park or somewhere else that, that gets those fleas to come in um, and then you, you've got troubles from there if you're not on, on long term control and on that there's only you only see 5% of the flea during its life cycle the 95% of it they're still in their egg and um, pupa and larva stage so you think you're controlling the adult but you've also got those other stages that are ready to come up and yep. become an adult that's then going to cause the problem of biting that's so right. it's, that's why we've got to do the continual treatment and that's why it's called prevention because you're trying to prevent it them from breeding and prevent it from coming in trouble because you haven't got fleas that's the best time to continue treating yeah. for fleas and preventing fleas because if you haven't got your pet on prevention oh he hasn't had fleas for three years and that's fine mm-hmm. but um your auntie visits with her dog or the dog next door um they yeah. go up to the fence and the flea jumps across or the stray cat from down the road comes through your house at night and drops a flea off on the veranda and your dog goes out and gets it if they're not on prevention Three months later, you've got 10,000 fleas in the house. Yep. Um, if you have got your dog on prevention, that one flea is killed and they never get to reproduce and, and you've got, you know, you haven't got a problem. It's a lot easier to control them and prevent them than to try yeah. and eradicate a flea problem. Yeah, You're absolutely. looking at months to eradicate. Sure. And so I know, um, so, you know, so I only say 5% of the population have got that flea allergy dermatitis thing, like an actual uh, flea allergy there. So I guess, um, you know, not overstating the fact, though, they don't have to have the full-blown allergy and a dermatitis for it still to be a welfare issue for them. You know, still being itching and scratching all day long. Okay, they're not just licking at a certain spot on their body, but, I mean, it's still an issue, isn't it? Like, it's an all-over itch. It's, it's not like a happy, it? happy life, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and, I mean, it's, it, there's the itching side of it, and that's, 
you know, not a nice thought that no. your pet's itchier when it's when there's something that you could do about it. But there's also, I mean, there's the other um, diseases and, and health connotations from that. I mean, I've given plenty of dogs and cats blood transfusions from the amount of fleas that they've had um and, yeah, that, and that's go. something yeah. to think it's about like, you know, yes it's got to be bad but i mean i've had pets that but people are unaware of a um bad flea burden and and the animals like lacking blood and it's it's you know run out of blood spine and, yeah. and it needs mm-hmm. a blood transfusion to save its life um and then you've got to get on top of the fleas as well so i mean that's obviously a you know a, a bad situation to be in and um i mean parasite wise there's tapeworms that the dogs and cats can get from chewing on fleas so the, the, the pet's itchy and it chews on the flea ingests the egg of the um the flea tapeworm out of the out of the egg and then it goes down into the gut and and your pet's it's got flea tapeworms yeah yep. and then they're dragging their backsides around the carpet and there's mm. a string <laughs> tapeworm hang, hanging <laughs> out and all that sort of thing so, yeah. <laughs> so i mean that's you know that's also a problem obviously and so is it just something that um, the owners of, you know, like Fluffy, you know, we've got the little white Fluffy dog and it comes in the house. Are they the only people that should be worrying about flea control? Like what about, like I live on a station, I've got 10 dogs, they're working dogs, they sleep out in a, you know, a stump, they're chained up out there when they're not actually working the cattle or the sheep or whatever. You know, should I care about flea control yes. for them? Definitely, most definitely. They're just as important as any other dog and they're going to catch the fleas just the same. It's going to be in the kennels on the ground and they're going to spread it between each other. They're going to have the same possible health issues of the flea allergy, dermatitis, anemia and the various parasites that they can pass on. It's important for every dog, every cat. So they're not tough, all right? No, yeah. no. <laughs> they're not tough. Not magi- Farmers like to think so, but... <laughs> not, they're not magically more resistant or anything no. else. They, they may not be sitting on the couch beside you complaining right. about it, but... And just because yeah. they haven't seen someone else's dog, it doesn't mean that Absolutely. they can't have them. All right. And so, uh, Dr. Glenn, you alluded there uh, a few moments ago, like in terms of our flea control options and stuff now, you know, things have come a long way. And, and I guess that, that is one of the reasons why we thought this would be a great place to start, because... Even my own experience, yes, I'm sort of the CEO, et cetera, of this company. But in reality, you know, I've had a fairly background, you know, I've been in behind the scenes working on sort of different directions for this business over the last several years. And I know, you know, there's a whole range of new products that have come online in the last sort of 18 months to two years in particular. And I think it's a useful thing um, for people to maybe just have a bit of a rundown on just the kind of stuff that's available now. Like, you know, it, it used, it was sort of fairly easy and I think it's even easier now. Look, it's certainly easy, but um, it's grown so vast the amount of options sometimes people just get, get analysis confused. and paralysis yeah. too um, much choice from, from yeah. too much choice so i mean broadly speaking i mean look, baths and washes still work but you've got to think how they're working i mean if you shampoo your dog and you wash that shampoo off it's going to kill fleas potentially that are on the pet and that's it it's yeah. not, it doesn't give you any residual effect so if you've got a flea population at home that doesn't really help because the your fleas are just going to jump straight back on yep. again so my weekly hydro bath Weekly hydrobath, I mean, it's a rinse most likely, and they're using a um, probably a natural pyrethrin or maybe synthetic pyrethrin rinse in that bath, and it could have up to three days of residual effect, and that's it. So if you're getting a weekly hydrobath, which is probably more often than most dogs get a hydrobath, like usually it's a fortnight or yep. monthly, effectively you've got three days out of a week or three days of a fortnight or three days a month of flea control, and those little buggers are just... You're just um, hap- repeating ha- a cycle. Happily breeding for the yep. re- for the rest of the month or the rest of the fortnight. So, um, I mean, they've got their place, but realistically it's not long-term, um, not, not long-term flea control. control. Because then you've got that other issue. Okay, so you say, okay, no, I am a washer. I'm going to wash and dip. Well, you're going to be doing it 
every three days yep, if you want it to actually work. If you want to use that for effective flea control, you're going to be bathing all your pets um, yeah. every three days. And, I mean, that brings with it a whole other set of issues, right? I would assume then we start to have issues where, you know, we're stripping the oils out of the coat and all this sort of yeah, stuff absolutely. that goes down a whole other sort of rabbit yeah, hole of, of right. problems. Yeah. I mean, and I guess the point of what we're trying to say is not to rule out options because there's certainly different options for different people in different circumstances, but... At the end of the day, you, I mean, you're trying it's to labor intensive. you're trying to um, stop the flea population problem that you've got and stop it from coming back as well. And and there's you know baths, um, flea powder's got its place, but again, it's it's sort of in the same um, collective group, short of term. not particularly effective short yep. term. I mean, you can get short term tablets which work very effectively, like Capstar that that kills every flea within fifteen twenty minutes is on the pet and it works for a day or so. That's fine, but do you give them one every day for the rest of their life and, and, and try and get on top of the population that way? So, I mean, from there, we used to have um, collars, and look, there's an array of collars these days from relatively um, short-acting and relatively cheap collars. There's there's gas-type collars that um, tend to be the supermarket-style collars that are they're quite cheap, but they are probably the most ineffective collars. So when you say gas, that's like you, you've got that little plasticky strip of collar around their neck and the gas sort of emits from the collar. That's right. So effectively, you, you'd be better off in the collar up in the dog's kennel or where the cat spends most of its time sleeping if there's a spot like that rather than having it on the cat because when the cat the dog's just walking around it's just plus you can smell it and you smell it but it's just gassing wants to cuddle with them then (laughs) it's just gassing a little bit of air around them but they've got to build up that gas to enough concentration to kill fleas which is it's pretty ineffective but there are you know effective longer acting collars out there now so they have a different mode of action different mode of action Um, and i mean they're all insecticides of some sort whether that's systemically so they're absorbed into the body or they stay on the outside of the body but I mean the sequestro goes up to eight months um, for flea control and um, you know they're a more expensive collar and there's everywhere in between I mean there's a six week collar an eight week collar and a three month collar and a four month collar and, a, and an eight month collar um, and they're all effective with a few caveats of okay how often does your dog swim do you take it off when you bath it does it run around in the rain um do they lose it on a tree do they lose it on a tree <laughs> and, and if you've got an eight month collar that's you know relatively expensive collar and mm. and your cat goes out and loses it on the second night that it's out um yeah you've, you've done a fair bit of money that's right. <laughs> um so i mean collars you know far from perfect they, they fit some people's you know budgets and schedules but just understanding how they work and, and the limitations of them you know is probably fairly important and that is it isn't it okay so you choose the product you want to choose and no matter what you choose you need to understand how it works and yep. use the product exactly. appropriately it's all about compliance yeah um and then from there i mean there's top spots have been around for like frontline top spots probably 18 or 19 yep. years now and that was yeah, the, fir- the, old the, the first yep. top spots that came out um and there's a number of other top spots advantage and, and some of the um, monthly heart wound preparations have got flea control in them uh, both in topical and 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 oral form you can get little chews now like the comfortus chews which are monthly and next guard chews which are monthly for fleas and ticks and right up to Brevecto, which is um, three months registration for, for flea control. So there's there's very effective long-term medications that you can use um, in that both top spot form, the longest top spot is a month, and there's heaps of those um, that are out there. Again, with top spots, you've got to consider... Has the dog or cat got any um, skin conditions that might affect the absorption of that product? Um, is it an absorbed product or does it stay on the outside of the coat? Uh, as soon as you start bathing pets with topical medications, okay, and most of those top spots have got label recommendations for how often and, and, and when to how, put it on. how robustly you can you can um, wash them, yep. basically. You shouldn't put the uh, apply it within 24 hours of bathing them. So a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to bath the dog and then I'm going to put the flea control on because we've got fleas. So, so that's, that's the wrong way 
way to go because you've just washed the oils out of the coat by giving them a bath. You should be waiting at least 24 hours to, to apply it yeah. as per whatever the, um, the recommendations are on the packet. So, yeah, again, knowing your product and knowing how it's supposed to be used is very important because you might be using it ineffectively and, and having it not work at all. So that's, and you know, that, I guess, you know, one of the things, I guess, and criticisms that comes of the online space in terms of buying pet products online is that you're not getting, you know, the advice you might get from your vet. And at Vet and Pet Direct, we've always been very much of the opinion that your pets absolutely should still be going to your local vet, you know, for their yearly checkup or maybe even, uh, you know, a couple of times a year for, for our pets. And these are the kind of things you need to discuss with your vet so that they can actually talk with you about how your, like what your circumstances are and how you run your household with your pets, you know, the kind of lifestyle you lead and the things you do because, you know, it's all very well and good to go and do some research yourself and choose a product off the shelf. But your veterinarian in your area is going to be more experienced with that product. They're going to know the things that are working well in that area and they're going to sort of understand, yeah, you live near the beach, cool. Chances are you're probably taking your pets down for a swim at the beach, you know, every day. And they're going to be able to help you and guide you into um, making the most appropriate um, And also know your pet. They'll have an idea of what's best suited for your pet and your pet. It's health and age and lifestyle and yep. breed yep. what's going to work the best. Yep, absolutely. And, yep. I mean, Australia is such a big country if we're you know, talking about just Australia because there um, might be international people listening here as well. I mean, the east coast of Australia is rife with paralysis sticks and if you're considering flea control um, long term, I mean, it makes sense to consider um, paralysis stick prevention as well. If you're not in a combined treatment. In a combined yep. treatment, yeah. So if you're not in a paralysis stick area, what well, changes, you know, what array of products you, you're probably going to be considering for your flea control because there's very effective flea and tick medications topically and orally that you can use these days which work very well but um, you don't need necessarily the tick control depending on what area you're in but equally there's plenty of um, outback and the further north you go and the further west you go the more brown dog ticks you've got so I mean some people need flea control and brown dog tick control so it really depends on what area you're in and and what you're trying to target as well but there's um, yeah whatever area you're in and whatever pet you've got there's something out there that can very effectively control fleas these days and as um bex has mentioned now a couple of times no matter what you choose at the end of the day compliance is the issue and for those you what's compliance i mean you've got to put the stuff on You've got to use it you've how got, it says how to use you it. You know, yeah, like how many oh. times, like you guys oh, would get that constantly. Every day. You know, with, with anything, oh, I've got it. Like I haven't put it on for yeah. three months. It's like. And now I've got fleas, but I've just put it on and it should be working, but yeah, no. Like, why not? Like, why haven't you been using the stuff you've had yep. in the cupboard? Well, because yeah. he didn't have fleas, so I didn't need to use it. Well, yeah. that's where it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I mean, that's a really common thing is, is if you're not seeing a problem is do I need to prevent it? And that's really just remembering what that prevention word is. I mean, it's, it's yep. you're trying to prevent the problem from being there in the first place. And that means that you need to have your pet on, on medication, you know, all year round. And that's still better than um, having them off for 12 months. And you might get away with it for two months or six months or 12 months or longer, but then you miss that first flea or two when they yeah. move into your household. Um, and then three weeks later... <laughs> you go away like on holidays. Yeah. <laughs> you go away on holidays and you come home yes. to a welcoming party. <laughs> Yeah. Five million fleas in your carpet. That's right. Whereas, um, yeah, that little bit of prevention right the way through would have would have ever stopped that from that's from right. being a problem. And, and that's something to think about as well. It's like, um, okay, um, I see pets at the vet clinic that come in, and um, oh, my pet doesn't need um, flea control because he never goes anywhere. Well, that's fine, but the dog's next door goes somewhere, or yes. you go to the vet clinic and sit next to the dog at the vet clinic that's got fleas, mm. or um, you go to the dog park and get fleas that way, or hardly ever go anywhere, but then your auntie brings their dog over and. and it's it only takes one. 
And then you've got the next six months trying to get things under control. Yeah. And so essentially in terms of compliance, it's like get a routine, get yes. a system that works, you know. and like First this is, of the month. <laughs> yeah, what, and that's yep. exactly like, like first of the month's a really good time, but whatever it is, you know, get a system, have these things, they're all ticked off. I mean, you can include this in the whole families, you know, like whatever, like there's yep. activities and maybe going to the doctor or whatever, you know, like you tie in these activities. Yep. So just make it a habit and a routine and therefore your compliance is the thing because it, there's no good going to your vet and saying, I've been using product X, Y, and Z, you know, for years and it's just not working anymore. And then upon further quizzing, perhaps we mm-hmm. discover that, well, we've only been applying it every other month because we haven't had any fleas. Yeah. And so, therefore, it's straight away, your, your, your product, your program's broken down. Yep. And look, compliance-wise, there's lots of different helps out there these days. I mean, everyone's got a smartphone with an alarm system. You can set an alarm oh, for, yes. when, for when the next thing's due. I mean, everyone, if you use a calendar still, I mean, stick it up on the calendar. Put something on the fridge that's that's got your schedule. I mean, some of these products have got um, uh, websites that you can uh, log on log on, on the website and they'll send an you an email or an SMS reminder. Yep. Um, I mean, there's... Really and nice. it's not that hard, really. Let's yeah. face it. Most we've got tr- options in treats. If your dog doesn't like you putting something on the back of their neck, you can give them a little chewy treat, and they think it's great. So yeah, it's not hard. So when we, so therefore, you know, that's just sort of made me. The other thing I do think about is, you know, we do get this product just doesn't work anymore. They're resistant mm. to it. Is there documented cases in Australia now? And I hope I'm not just putting you on the spot with this, but are there <laughs> documented Jiggling. cases now of resistance to any brand X, whatever, flea control product? Look, the, the resistance thing's a, a problem in that there's no government body or anything else looking for resistance. Um, I mean, most of the resistance um, profiles that get done are usually coming out of the States where there's a, just a bigger market in general and it's usually... Um, one drug company is trying to prove that their new medication is working better than the old medication and trying to find documented resistance. Certainly there's, there's a resistance to uh, pyrethrins um, in Australia and also um, overseas in, in most types of in, um, most sorts of, of bugs that you're trying to kill, whether that's fleas or, or um, ticks or, or other um, biting insects and, and worms and all that sort of thing. So there's documented cases of that. Um, some of the top spots and, and sprays, like the longer-acting fipronils, um, there is resistance in Australia to, to fipronil, which is one of the, the sort of longer-term medications that we've had for up to 20 years. So there's little pockets of that, but it's always difficult to know and there's no testing that you can do okay here's some fleas you know i want to know if there's a resistance problem there so um, it's possible then is what you're saying it's, it's possible, possible yeah. it's probably not widespread it's probably not widespread and and you know 19 times out of 20 um if you're not using if you're using the medication appropriately and as per the label and you're doing it regularly okay sometimes there could be a resistance problem which is difficult to prove but unless you're using the product as directed all the time and have been for the last three to six months um, the first conclusion should be okay i'm not using it properly rather than a drug resistance problem sure um okay and we sort of talked a little about swimming dogs and all that sort of stuff so let's um move on then like that's how treating these fleas on our pets you know we've got a range of options there a range of different time domains and stuff um as we mentioned before you know you get that instance where you haven't been controlling your fleas and then you go away on holidays and then you come home and walk across the carpet and suddenly you you're eaten alive you're eaten alive <laughs> because the fleas that you thought you didn't have suddenly actually are there and have all decided that they're now really hungry and they've all hatched out at the same time and mm-hmm. want to eat you because yep. 
And the great thing about fleas is they do all hatch out at the same time because they sit there waiting in their little <laughs> eggs for some vibration to happen. And if your house isn't jumping up and down because you're not living there or whatever eggs yeah. were going to hatch out over the last week or two weeks or month yeah. while you've been away, they do all hatch out at once when you start walking around they your just house. Wait. And they just wait. Get a great, great influx party. of them. <laughs> they want to have a party with you. Yeah. <laughs> and so, what you know... You know that that's frustrating, all right. Like, what do we do? What? Where am I? Do I get the can of Mortine out? Do I like, what, put a top spot on the carpet? I mean, what? What are my options here? Yes, it's a, it gets tricky. You need to, you have to treat your pet. You have to treat your house. You have to treat the yard. You have to treat all the pets in the house. Yeah, and that's pretty that's important, isn't it? All the pets really important. Even if you've got a dog that lives outside and you've got a cat that lives inside, treat the inside cat and treat the dog outside. Just because they're not walking around in and out, they need to all be treated. Uh, you've got a vacuum <laughs> you really have to get into the vacuum nooks and crannies and it's not exactly nice but you have to do every single part of your house if they've got bedding get that out into the sun wash it in hot hot wash put it in the sun the sunshine will help kill off some eggs and some um adults um because yeah, i mean thing you got to understand is like how does the flea life cycle work yeah yep. there's fleas that suck blood from your pet and that's how they get their food the adults but um they don't breed on the dog they jump off and lay their eggs um in a dry um area where the eggs can hang out for a while yep. and those little eggs when they hatch into larvae the larvae actually eat um dry flea poop so that um Yum. little black yeah, little, those little black spots of flea poop <laughs> on your dog they fall off so effectively it's anywhere where your dog or cat spends a reasonable amount of time that's where that flea dirt is going to build up and that's where the fleas um, breed most effectively so it's they're not breeding on the pet which is why environmental control um, if you've already got a flea population becomes important um, yep. and that's not necessarily easy because um i mean you've got the eggs and and then you've got all the immature ones that are, are waiting around growing big enough to, to then jump onto um, on, jump onto your pet. So control-wise for the environment, if you've already got an established flea population, yeah, it's bedding, it's vacuuming, it's trying to clean up the environment. Do as I much spread as lime everywhere? Can I buy a bag of lime and throw that around? You, you can do it and maybe your grass will grow <laughs> a, a, little, a little bit better. Um, <laughs> I've seen lots of dogs with some really irritated skin from dehydrating and desiccating their skin because the dog sleeps underneath the back yes. steps and it's all been limed up and it may desiccate the larval fleas somewhat because it's just so drying and irritating, but it irritates the hell out of the dog's yeah, skin possi- as well. Possibly but more likely to do that, yeah, cause more damage. That's right. Yeah, and, and think I mean, how it feels on your skin. That's it, it, is, it is difficult outside because um, inside, like your flea bombs, um, you can gas basically a can fine environment with uh, a um, growth regulator so it's basically a, a medication that that stops any eggs that are there from hatching out and and that will control a flea population a lot faster if you've got a yep. controlled environment which is effectively inside so you can flea bomb your house um, measure up how big your house is and work out the volume and as per the recommendations on a flea bomb and look that will um, help to control fleas in an inside environment a lot faster because you can kill the eggs and you can kill the larvae and if you killed the, the adults on your pet yes it's a lot faster to get that flea control but an outside environment there's all sorts of yard sprays that are registered for use for um for spraying and they will kill larval fleas they'll kill adult fleas if they come in contact with that spray it doesn't do anything for the eggs so the air's eggs will still hatch out so you've got so it's a continual program three to, three to six months worth of eggs that are going to keep hatching out um, in an outside environment basically yep. yeah. and so we don't give up i mean once no. we start on it we don't give up we keep going yep keep going unfortunately will, it can take a while we will get there yeah yep. mm. but i mean the most important thing is having effective flea control on the pet that 
kills fleas, kills fleas fast, kills fleas um, so they can't breed because dead fleas can't breed. So you'll get on top of your population if all the pets in the environment are on effective flea control yep. so you're not getting any more fleas breeding. You've then just got all the eggs that are still got to hatch out and, and that can be frustrating. But and if that's you've the got, thing people forget is the eggs are still going to hatch. Yeah, it doesn't mean the products aren't working. If, yep. if you've got effective flea control, I mean, some of these medications, you now they kill fleas within 15, 20 minutes of, yep. of a fleas jumping on. So, I mean, they are as good as they can be to stop the, the pets being worried by by the fleas. But, you know, if you've got 10,000 fleas in your house um, and you give your pet any sort of flea treatment, there's a potential you can look at that pet at any time of the day and they still could have fleas on it in the process yes. of dying um, until you get into that, cut into that flea population. Yeah, So that's part of the um, trouble with, okay, you know, I'm using something and I've still got fleas. Okay, did you have fleas before? And if you did, those fleas are still going to be hatching out every day and jumping on unless you've flea bombed the house effectively. And so be patient. You've got good environmental Very control. patient. Yeah, but yeah. it's just you've got to keep doing it effectively. Yeah. For months. Um, okay, well, that's pretty cool. And... Look, I have to ask, what about, you know, I went to the show and there was this man and he had this table set up there and he was spruiking these things on his loudspeaker. I think they were like an ultrasonic flea repeller. What do you reckon? Mm. If I plug that in, will that, get, will that get purge all fleas from my house and environment? Well, short answer, no. There's no scientific evidence that that works. <laughs> um, I've seen ultrasonic um, plug it into the wall socket. I've seen ones that um, vibrate their own... Um, ultrasonic resonance um, spontaneously from the environment that they don't have batteries and they last. Is that the one you hang on their collar? Yeah, I'm not really sure how that works because they don't have a battery but they've also got an expiry date so you've got to buy a new one later on. So I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not really sure how that magnetic resonance actually dissipates, dissipates over time. So yeah, And I don't know if it dissipates in the packet before it goes onto the dog or yeah. So I mean, look, the short answer is there's lots of um, borderline um, flea control <laughs> things out there and, and the problem with some of those is they don't actually f um, come under any jurisdiction for um, does this medication, does this insecticide work because they're outside of, of those parameters. So um, a lot of the time you can pretty much put whatever you like on a label for something that hasn't got actual active ingredients in yeah. it. Um, and, and I mean, like in the case of those things, all right, they're probably not going to do any harm. They're not even going to harm the fleas. But I mean, <laughs> in other cases, like we're talking about, say, maybe, you know, liberal application of lime around our yard and in our pet's bedding, you know, some of these things, it may be natural, and I say that with inverted commas, but it kind of cause more harm than good, potentially. Oh, it, it can absolutely. Do. And, and um, you know, whether it's lime or desiccating skin or, I mean, I've practiced places where um, copper sulfate orally seems to cure, mm. cure everything and I've seen lots of dogs with nasty aspiration pneumonias from getting um, drenched with copper sulfate yeah. and all sorts of various cures. Um, so, I mean, some of these things can do damage, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, tread, tread cautiously and, I mean, you know, your vet really is still your best source of information, of actually yep. credible information. Um, they are, ask them the question, they know. All right, Describe the worst case of fleas you've ever seen. Glenn. Uh, yeah, I've, I've certainly seen white cats that are covered in fleas and you bath them and the water turns red and the cat turns red from all the dried flea poop that's on them um, where you're trying to just get rid of some of that flea burden as fast as possible while you then clip it up and give it a blood transfusion to save its life. 
Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad, yeah. That's what about you? Back of, what's, have you had any experiences? Oh, of? Well, I actually just think my do- the dog that I had when I was a kid, when we went to go and buy him, he was tied up on a chain and he had the worst case of flea allergy dermatitis. He was a German Shepherd. And I remember my my mum saying, we can't leave him here. So we paid 50 bucks for this German Shepherd that was had literally no hair all the way down his oh, back. Yeah. And we put him in the back seat of the car with me and my brother. So we got to share those fleas. <laughs> Took him straight to the vet and he was a case where if he saw a flea for his whole life, he would break out in this terrible skin rash and he'd just scratch and itch and it was a perfect example of why we just had to continue non-stop treating him. Yep. And it took oh, it took a good 12 months for all his hair to grow back, the poor old bugger, and he's had thickened skin for the rest of his life pretty much. But yeah, right, yeah, yeah. we got it under control. He was a beautiful dog once it all the hair grew back and, yep, never missed a flea treatment. And Sounds like he was pretty lucky, I think. Oh, he was. He yeah. was a good dog. Yeah. Lucky in, lucky in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> um, okay, well, flicking through my notes here, I think we've just about got it. Man, who thought you could talk for 35 minutes about fleas? Mm, Certainly not us when not we started us. this. Um, we have another issue of My Pet magazine coming out in the next two weeks, and uh, Beck mentioned to me that yep. in there there is actually an article on flea allergy dermatitis, so... Yep, we cover you know, flea allergy dermatitis and yep. sort of what we've spoken about here and how important it is to keep your fleas under control to avoid these um, potential other problems that come from it. So, And flea allergy dermatitis is, as Glenn said, sort of around 5% um, of dogs and cats don't often suffer it as much as dogs. They tend to be better groomers and get the fleas out. But Yeah, and, and they, just, um, yeah, they just don't present, present as often, but the ones that yep. are affected, I mean... Cats have got sharp claws. I mean, they. Yeah, I've, yeah. Seen, I've seen cats come in that look like they've been through a massacre. They've got you know blood mm. from their shoulders forward, with those back feet just up, breaking oh, themselves ouch. to pieces. Yeah, right. um, and they're covered in in lacerations from their back claws, which is just oh. um, their response to flea allergy dermatitis. Yeah. Yep. So there we go. Then, so yep. so we've got that coming up. So that Certainly. issue's out within the sort of next couple, couple of weeks. weeks. Yep. Um, that magazine goes out free with every order from Vet and Pet Direct, or if you want to hang on for a couple of months, we eventually put it uh, online online yep. for free. You can look at it on there as well. Um, we would say, uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'd certainly love your feedback. And if there is a topic or anything you'd like us to discuss as our team, we've got a, a, you know, a, a whole uh, range of other people that we can call upon to have a chat to, in addition to uh, Dr. Glenn and Beck here. Um, please let us know. Um, you can email us at mpm at vetandpetdirect.com.au or if that was hard to understand, just find our website and hit um, send a message yeah. through to our support crew. They'll um, definitely pass it on to us. Or look us up on Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook page or an Instagram page. We'd love your feedback. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, tell us about your animals, etc. And um, thanks for lending us your ears. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for the flea talk. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.